0: Leaders face pressure on all sides, whether it's pressure from others, pressure to appear awesome, or spiritual pressure. The stress of leadership can be a drain on our relationships, our effectiveness, and our morale. Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast, where we want to connect your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to the Bible. If you're just joining us in this leadership community, I want to thank you for being here. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you shared it on social media. Thank you to all of you who are doing just that. Also, if you write a review or rate it, it really helps increase our exposure. If you want to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and you can always find a lot more information and content at markcarter.life. Hey, I respect your time. I want to add value to your journey, so let's hit it.
1: Man, we're talking about four leadership pressures that everybody will face.
0: Now, when we say pressure, guys, we mean to be hassled or stressed or strained or coerced or bullied or pressed or harassed or intimidated. We know there's certainly examples of this in the Bible. There's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's Moses. I don't know if you remember, but there was a, a point where he's like, Lord, how can you expect me to take care of all these people? There's David, that time he almost got stoned after the debacle at Ziklag when all the wives and children and stuff was stolen. You know, he had to encourage himself in the Lord. So uh, I think some of the things we'll talk about today, B, are some pressure from others, some spiritual pressure, some pressure to appear awesome, some pressure from opposition. Right. So the first one you mentioned was pressure from others. Tell me about that. What does that mean? Yeah, so pressure from others, and I think often this is, it can even even be friendly pressure from others, meaning the person is a friend. They don't necessarily, they're not trying to provide added pressure necessarily, Mm -hmm. um, but they're handing you something. They're like, hey, I need this, there's a deadline. You're the gal. You're the guy who's in charge of this. I'm going to give you this, and I need you to get it done. And we all know this. People bring us work all the time. It's coworkers. It's kids. It's spouses. It's anybody we lead. And it can create a pressure to feel like, in the midst of everything I have coming at me, I have to get this done now, right. and this is one more heavy rock that they kind of threw on my pile. Even if you have a self-image of a leader, you're like, I'm the leader. I should I should right. be able to right. handle this. I right. should right. like I'm here to help them. I should be able to pull this off immediately, drop of the hat, no matter what's going on. Like, I should be able to assist yeah, this yeah. person.
1: And nine times out of ten, they have no idea that's going on in me.
0: Right, yeah. They don't know the pressures that you're under. They're just like, I have a thing that I need to get off my plate, and you're the you're the girl. Or you're the guy. Right, right, so right. let me give this to you. And um, I think, you know, if we're, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to look to the Word, this is a Bible leadership podcast, so if we want to lead like Bible yeah. leaders, we have to look at the Apostle Paul because Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1.10, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And I think that's tricky, yeah. uh, because it's not like you want to slap people in the mouth for bringing you something.
1: Don't don't slap people in the
0: mouth. That's right, not at first. It. Um, but as as we're as pressure is increasing in our hearts, we have to remember, this is the inner monologue, this isn't the outer monologue. Yeah. But there's like, hey man, yes, I serve others, but I'm not the slave of others. And I don't want to care too much what people think, because then I'll no longer be the servant of Christ. So, I mean, you you experience this as a leader, be people bring you stuff. When this is going poorly in your heart, what's going wrong there?
1: Yeah, so I think when it's going poorly, I feel a lot of pressure from a certain person. I'm going to let them down. I'm going to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, my personality, that can be hard. Um, I can feel like there's a, a personal rejection in that. Hmm. But it's all in my head, like the whole right. the whole conversation is in my head. They probably yeah. don't even know anything about right. it. Yeah, I think when it's going right is when I'm I'm... Kind of practicing uh, an intentional, like emotional neglect of I'm not going to engage with.
0: I love that word, emotional neglect. Yeah, that's like good. The,
1: the the emotional stakes of if you like me or not, if I am you know doing satisfactory work for you or not, like you're not you're the grade you might give me. Uh, I have to decide. I actually don't really care what you think. And when I'm doing it well, I start there, and then I also um, you know I'm, I'm looking to be led by the Lord toward. Uh, grace and compassion. And like mm-hmm. how, how can I help you? Like there's, right. there's probably work I can get done for you. This thing you're handing me is something I probably should have in my hand anyway, and
0: and and get done for you and, and give some attention to. So I think another idea that we need just need to keep close to home is the idea of firm boundaries that. Not everything needs to be processed immediately. It's almost like we visualize people kind of taking a number, like, hey man, that's, that's great. Take a number. Like, like when you're at the jewel getting some chicken, you know what I'm saying? You can't just go barge in. You got to take number eight or whatever, whatever they're on. And we got to just visualize, dude, yes, I can help you, but just not at this particular moment, just because some random person, hands you work doesn't yeah. mean that you're agreeing to their timetable
1: yeah and most people have no idea that there is a line
0: and I think it's especially hard when when they're kind of having an emergency right and you have to make the call okay is this really fiery enough that I need to make it my emergency right. in most cases no I'm sorry you're having an emergency yeah. but that doesn't give me an emergency because my, my you know my plate's already stacked full yeah. of stuff I need to do there's certainly times when I'm like someone's trying to give me something and I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it is Christmas. What are you talking about? Obviously, we don't say that. We have to have that buffer on our heart, though, that just says, I love you. I'm going to try to help you as much as I can, but I can't be overly concerned what you think. So in our context, what this looks like for me, I think it probably looks like very similar for you, is you know, the closer we get to Sunday, the less I need to be dealing with everybody else's stuff. Like, you can bring me something on Tuesday. You probably bring me a few things on Wednesday, but dude, once you hit Thursday, if you're trying to give me some, even just some really overly detailed information, I'm be like, dude, put that in an email. You have to say it is not time to do that right now. I got to get ready for the big game, you know, coming up on Sunday. So um, I think we just need to learn to say no and help people even understand this is in the queue. Like, hey man, I I want to serve you, yes, absolutely, but just know here's where you are, and you might even be like number 15 in terms of priority. And and of course, we need good collection tools. We need a good task management system to not forget that. We need to decide, and and this is what every leader needs to do, but we need to decide, I'm going to disappoint people as a leader. Like that's part of the job. And that just means saying no. We're going to foster a loving atmosphere, but we're going to be okay with disappointing people. Because at the end of the day, my friends, we've got to, as the leader, as a leader, we've got to make the right decision for the group or for the team or for the organization, even when some people don't like it. And and you know this by now, I'm sure if you're leading anything, not everybody's going to like everything you do. Right. And they're going to try to provide pressure, and it doesn't matter. you got to make the right call. And I think with most stuff, especially when it's people on your team, if if you got a great team, they're often not even going to be very put off if they know you have other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they might be flustered for a second in the flesh, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, so does everybody else. Welcome to the club. Yeah. What, what about giving people grace, dude? Like... Because at the end of the day, you and I are also going to bring pre- bring people stuff. Yeah. And we're going to be in their line. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, like, how do we appropriately message that grace to that person? I think there's just a, a decision you
1: have to make where you're, you're going to need grace Yeah, on a team, so you're going to have to give a lot of grace and just wherever possible. I don't always do it right, but I try and always just choose. It's all good. Yeah. There's just grace. And, yeah. Uh, the plan that I had maybe— involved you getting this done for me right now. Yeah. And you're, I'm, I'm reading that you can't do that right now. Yep. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. You know, what's going to really break if uh, this doesn't happen in, on my timetable? Probably nothing. Yeah. And if something does break, it's really on me to go back and, and rewrite my plan and strategy so that it doesn't require, you know, you to do this thing right now.
0: I think that's, that's great, man. I know that I've had pastors in my life who in my emergency, not only did they like help me understand the world rightly, Mm -hmm. like in terms of, well, here's really when it's going to (laughs) happen. But um, I think the best folks, they kind of insert their piece into you when you're having the emergency yeah. so they're like hey let's calm down i know that you're stressed but they i just love it when they take a pastoral moment to be like hey you know let's walk through this and and let's think about this rightly what's going on so it's not like you're you're just taking the the soda and batting it out of their hands and being like i'll clean it up yeah. you know like <laughs> you have a problem right. it's more like hey man let me if i've if, if i've got a moment to put my arm around you and be like man i know this is hard isn't it and and let me encourage you you're doing a lot right here's really the reality but whatever you want to do you got to do it in the peace of God.
1: And as a leader, I think the amount of trust that that earns you is yeah. like you can't buy that any other way. And alternatively, if you if you fail in that moment, you bruise a lot of trust.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: By slapping that slate out of their hand and you know giving them an emergency and storming out.
0: That's it, dude. I want to be that kind of leader that gives his people peace.
1: Yeah. So number one was pressure from other people. Sometimes even friendly pressure from
0: other people. What's number two? Yeah. So the second pressure is the pressure to appear awesome. And I think this is just so predominant you know, in this time, because we've got so much that is just glitter and glam on social media, everybody pres- putting their best life, even though it may not be their true life, forward. And I think we just need to be careful because, in especially, you know, when we're in ministry, there can be a temptation to just be perfect and just like, right. man, we're the ones that God is really anointing. Yeah. And it can be about anything. It can yeah. be our ministry is rocking. It could be, you know, if, if you're on a you know a church volunteer team. You feel pressure to be like a great parent, like that other person, you know. We can have body image stuff, like I need to look perfect. We can have pressure just to have more influence. We can have pressure to be a part of something big. I think this is just a pressure we don't need, and the enemy uses it to to just take our focus off of, I'm here to be faithful to Jesus, I'm here to serve Him. Yeah and i think we just need to keep evaluating our emotions here and you know do some soul searching there can be an unhealthy desire for the applause of the world like man that that leaks in likes are a form of applause yeah and the applause of the world is something that honestly we need to reject more than not because it just captivates and, and it takes over the heart. It's a form of idolatry. I think one of the ways that we can do that is is just admit our need for prayer about our sinful focus on exteriors, or at least the trajectory of our hearts tends to go that way. Um, just telling other people, "Hey, man, I'm kind of powerless against this thing. Sometimes, would you pray for me? I'm needy. Uh, you know, in this area." I need you to just have my back because I, too, am susceptible to this kind of adultery. What about you, man? When that goes wrong for you, what do you feel like is happening?
1: Yeah, it's very similar to number one, really. It's the pressure to to achieve something, like a specific, clear, crystallized version in my mind. Yeah. Might, again, my personality is very uh, perfectionistic. I can dream up this grand vision of what
0: should be true, right?
1: and then if I can't get even close to it, uh, if I'm not careful, suddenly I'm depressed. You know, yeah, like I, I know I, that. I just no, <laughs> no, that's kind true. Of careen into this emotional, you know, tailspin. So again, you know, there's there's a decision on the front end. When I'm doing it right, there's a decision to like um, I'm gonna not let, let this impact me emotionally, mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna just try and get Jesus what He wants, and I'm gonna rest in the fact that like I'm just approved by Him. Come on, dude. And His approval is all that I really care about. You know, second Corinthians says more than anything else. However, we plan or we want to please Him. Whether in our home here or there, and I think you mentioned in the first one, you yeah, know, am I serving men or am I serving Christ?
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's hard sometimes in church circles because some of us came out of a background where church was kind of B, mm-hmm. and like so, it was such a refreshing idea that like, no, you can serve God with excellence, you could do yeah. something you know that looks kind of like better slash more worthy of an excellent God, right. and that I feel like that's a worthy goal. Like, like, yeah. so I don't want to suggest to anybody. Hey man, so yeah, go ahead and half suck. suck. You know, <laughs> just for the sake of your heart. Just do the beaver. Yeah. Like that does that's, that's really not what we're saying. Right. It's just saying you have to do that check. Is it excellence for the sake of worship, for the mm. sake of the Lord? I mean,
1: and I think that's that's the tension, right? You know, there really is an honest and sincere, I think pure desire to bring the Lord as excellent an offering as I can. Yeah. You know, and continually improve. And, and that's probably why people are listening to this podcast is they want to sharpen and grow uh, their skills and, and their excellence and leadership. That's it. Um, and then at, at some point, your eye starts to notice the likes that you're getting. I love that yep. that analogy that, you know, you can't not see the likes you're getting or not getting. right? And, and then if your attention is on that, right. then you've already, you've already taken the bait.
0: And, and you're kind of worshiping likes, like you're yeah. worshiping people liking what you do right. versus Jesus liking what you do. Right. And I think we got to be careful because Jesus said, John five forty one, I do not receive glory from people. Mm. Like he just didn't. And I think we all need to repent from time to time. I know that I sometimes need to fast. I sometimes need to just, just say, Jesus, help me hate the praise of men you know, in a godly way, in a just, I reject that. And and it's not that you're, you're still gracious. You're still like, well, praise God. Yeah, that was good. But as you walk away, you're like, God, we know who gets the glory. Like you do. Protect me from that. And I don't, I don't, I just don't receive it just like Jesus. I think one other way, bro, that we can focus on it is just focus on actually being good versus appearing good. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the Lord has prompted me about that in the past. Like maybe I'm a little depressed, but like, man, people didn't like that as much. And I felt like his spirit just whispered to me, why don't you focus on just doing an awesome job for me mm-hmm. and just forget about what anybody thinks about it? But like, in other words, you know, Carter, that that probably was a B. Why don't you just get an A and yeah. nobody ever has to know? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Th- that way I'll get the glory and your heart will be protected. I think one of the ways that this this gets in the way is it keeps us from people, especially in like a ministry context. If if we're just worried about the show, we're not worried about people. Mm-hmm. I was sitting down with a guy for lunch the other day and um, I, I feel like the spirit just just showed me this is so different than things that are posted on social media because like I'm hearing this guy yeah. and like I'm seeing this guy. And, and I feel like the spirit was showing me this. Like, do you see this guy's soul? Do you see what's going on in here? Like, do you see what's happening? And like, dude, you just can't do that when all you're trying to do is is make it wow, and, and next level and incredible, right. I feel like it, it just stops the flow of authentic care that yeah. God actually has for his people.
1: Absolutely, man. I think that's that's so huge. You're always focused on um, the attention or the applause or the, the praise. Talk about the anointing that's going to just fall off of that. You might have been excellent for a second. And now, like— Oh, my
0: gosh. Does that make you really, shake in fear? doing all
1: the heavy lifting. And you were just, like, getting in position, and, and his Holy Spirit is what really made it
0: awesome. Yep. And now you've you've successfully just shaken that off because right. you're so focused on— He just backs off, and, man. Yeah, that's so that's so scary. I think one other prayer that, that I think is super healthy is just, Lord, I pray that I wouldn't want to be great in the world's eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Lord told Baruch, are you seeking great things for yourself in Jeremiah 45, 5? Mm-hmm. And it's not that the Lord doesn't exalt us. He does, and He raises us up, And, and but that's His business. But I shouldn't be coveting after that. Otherwise, yeah. like, what am I really wanting? Like, right. I'm wanting to kind of use God for my fame yeah. rather than want the hidden, the hidden life in Christ for His pleasure. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think just smart prayers like, Lord, help me not touch the glory. Help me... I want you to do whatever you want to do, but I don't want to covet things that you don't want me to have because you are all wise. You're all loving. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm living for heaven. I'm not living for here. And
1: I think put people around you that will help you do the opposite of this. Like yeah. they'll remind you you're not that big a deal. Yeah. Like you're dust. Yeah. And uh, and when you start thinking about the praise of men and you start thinking about the applause, they're going to tell you that's jacked up. Like that's, you're thinking crazy now.
0: I'm so glad we instituted that rule on our teams now where Anytime someone looks like they're being haughty, you can just go up and punch them with a Charlie horse right yeah. in the leg. Yep. Yeah. It's
1: been really, I'd say healthy. Yeah. But also really dysfunctional. Yeah.
0: yeah. Super. Like we've had a couple trips to the emergency room. Yeah. There's a couple Sundays where people just went down like dominoes. It's a lot, it was- more,
1: lot less pride, but a lot more drama.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's. Pain and blood, for sure. (laughs) Sweet, man. Well, hey, I think that sounds good for today. What else have we got coming up, B? What are you excited about?
1: Man, I'm super pumped. We are talking Sword Girl.
0: Sword Girl. This is probably the coolest thing that we do as a church. Dude, I think you're
1: right. It's incredible. Like, it's just...
0: Yeah, folks, this thing happens in the fall. So it's September 20th and 21st. But if you are a lady or you've got some ladies in your life, you know, a daughter, wife, grandma, whoever, like you want to get them to Sword Girl because it really is just a profound woman-changing, awesome event. This year, we've got Jamie Ivey, Stephanie Boyce, Sophie Hudson, and Mackenzie Carter. And if you register before May 26th, it's only 70 bucks. Dude, this is, it's just a next-level weekend that I think helps gals connect and of course, connect with Jesus.
1: It's super special, man. It's it's an awesome
0: time. So go to SwordgirlConference.com to get your tickets. All right, you rock star leaders. Hey, man, keep that heart right, and we'll see you next time. Yep.